So it is a month of the Spirit, praise God. It is a month of the outpouring of the Spirit. In Joel chapter 2, which is God's word for us this month. Um, if media can help us on the screen, right, uh, project it on the screen. Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 to verse 30. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 to verse 30. This particular scripture, you will see it twice in scriptures, right? This was when it was prophesied. And I think in the book of Acts, you see the um, realization. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. The Bible says that it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall what? Prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days, I will pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth. Blood and fire and pillars of smoke. So God has said, to pour out his spirit upon us. And one of the things we're going to be doing this month is to give us understanding. Because when people, you know, um, hear about the outpouring of the Spirit, their mind goes in different directions. For many of us, when we see the outpouring or hear about the outpouring of the Spirit, what automatically comes to our mind, right, is people falling under the anointing. And um, a chaotic experience is being created. But when you look at what the Bible says, and I'm not saying those things are not valid, they are. You can, the Spirit can come upon you in such a way that you cannot handle it, right? And you fall under the anointing, right? But you need to understand that that is not God's original intent for the outpouring of His Spirit. The Bible says here that when He pours out His Spirit upon all flesh, it says that His sons and daughters will prophesy. What does it mean to prophesy? It means to speak forth the future. It simply means when the Spirit is poured out, there will be a supernatural intuition. There will be a supernatural capacity to see and to be able to predict the future. It simply means, that's, I, I don't know, you must have heard this before when people say things like, nobody knows tomorrow. It's not scriptural. If you are a believer, you should be able to know tomorrow. Because to prophesy is to speak the future before it arrives. And you see, it is not just something um, reserved for preachers. Because it says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, not on preacher's flesh. On all flesh. It simply means as a business person, in your industry, you should be able to predict what is going to happen in the next five years and know how to position yourself. So when we're talking about the pouring of the spirit, you need to be practical in your understanding of it. The Bible went on further to say that your old men shall dream dreams and your young men will see visions. It simply means when the Spirit is poured out upon you, you begin to see things that your natural mind could not have come up with. Supernatural ideas are downloaded into your spirit. You just have ideas. You just know what next to do. When people ask you, how did you come up with this? Even you, you will not be able to explain it. The only explanation you will be able to give is that there is an outpouring of the Spirit. And I pray for you that in your life in this month of June, the outpouring of the Spirit will be evident in the name of Jesus. And one of the things that makes the Bible makes us to understand that will also, you know, <clears throat> um, uh, reflect as it were, one of the things that will be seen when there is an outpouring of the Spirit is that people will begin to speak in tongues. The Bible tells us that Jesus told his disciples in Mark chapter 16, right, and verse 17. It says, this sign shall follow those that believe on me. It says, in my name they will cast out demons. And the second thing, it said, they will speak with tongues. 
I know there are people and that's the purpose of this teaching. Tonight I'm speaking on understanding tongues, right? It was going to be called understanding the heavenly language. But everybody knows it as tongues. So let's just, you know, make it as simple as possible. So tonight I'm speaking on understanding tongues understanding tongues and what i want to do tonight is to give us understanding right on the subject of praying in the spirit when i say tongues and praying in the spirit is the same thing i'm simply using it interchangeably or if i say the heavenly language right and um, no i'm not going to use the word heavenly language and you understand very soon because um you know i just thought about it while i was studying earlier today and preparing for the service that i was saying um understanding the heavenly language we are actually restricting it because there are different types of tongues you know, when people hear tongues, the only thing they think about is, <laughs> don't let me jump ahead of myself, but we'll see that tonight. So the purpose of tonight's teaching is to give us understanding, to aid that comprehension, right? So Jesus said, in my name, he says that we cast out devils, if you believe. You see, so when you see someone casting out devils, it shouldn't be something extraordinary. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, when certain folks see maybe a preacher, you know, cast out demons, like, wow, that man is anointed. You can do the same thing. Because the Bible says, Jesus said, this sign shall follow those that believe. He didn't say this sign shall follow those who are called into ministry. He says, this sign, shall, this sign shall follow those that believe. So if you speak in tongues, you should be able to cast out demons. Am I making sense tonight? He says, this sign shall follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out devils. Right? He says, they will speak with new tongues. He says, they will speak with new tongues. He says, if they pick up any deadly thing, he says, it will not hurt them. He says, even if they drink poison, it says it will not affect them. It says they, they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It simply means if there's somebody around you that you know we seek, the next you know, uh, 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 thing to do is not to call pastor. The first thing that should come to your heart is let me pray for this person. As long as you believe. Because Jesus said this sign shall follow those that believe. Those that believe, those that believe. There is no uh, different Bible written for preachers and another version written for, you know, uh, 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 parishioners. The same Bible has been written for every one of us. So we must learn to believe it. You see, we must learn to believe it. And one of the things we need to understand as a way of foundational laying tonight is that man is a spirit. Man is a spirit. He has a soul, right, and he lives in a body. Man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a body. So your body is not you. <laughs> your body is not you. The real you is your spirit. Am I making sense tonight? And so this is Midweek Recharge, so we're going to be opening scriptures. You should know that by now. So let's open to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 23. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 23 so that you can see that. So the real you is not this part of you that we interface with. You know, when the Bible says in Genesis 1 and verse 26 that God said, let us make man in our own image, after our own likeness. He wasn't talking about your skin. He wasn't talking about your body. He was talking about your spirit. And that's what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says, I pray that God who gives peace will make you completely holy and make your what? And make your what? Your spirit and what? Soul and what? Many people use soul and spirit interchangeably. But the Bible did not say spirit or soul. It says spirit and soul and body. It simply means there are three different entities. Now, we know, right, if you are a believer and you've been in church and you've maybe gone through a basic foundational class, you know, you would have this basic understanding that, you know, um, God is three in one. There is God the Father, 
God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So when God said, let us make man in our own image, what he was saying is that let us make a being that will also be a three-part being, just like us. And so that was why when he created man, he didn't just create him as a spirit. Or else, what he said wouldn't have been a reality. Because God is God the Father, there is God the Son, and there is God the Holy Spirit. They are one, but three separate entities. Yes, they are one. It's the mystery, right? It's the mystery. The same way man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a body. There are three separate entities, but at the same time they are one. That's why when someone is being, you know, there's something they call lying in state. When somebody dies and they want to bury the person, you know, you know I don't know if people still do that, you know, but I remember growing up and some movies, you see people doing that, you know, lying in state. You still see the person there, but you don't see the person there. Do you understand? So it simply means that there is still a part of that person you are seeing, but there are other parts that have left. The part that makes that person to function on the earth, the spirit and the soul. You see, the Bible says that when the rich man died, and when Lazarus died, that the rich man went to hell, and Lazarus went to heaven. Now, the Bible says that the rich man told Abraham to send Lazarus to touch the water to cool his tongue. What that simply means is that in hell, he was feeling pains. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it simply means that the fact that somebody leaves this body does not mean they will no longer feel what they experience in this body. So there are three parts to you. There is your spirit. So when you give your life to Christ, it is your spirit that is reborn. That's why the day you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, the day you become born again and you acknowledge, you know, uh, Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You see, and you need to understand that this thing, right, it's, it's a personal thing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why oftentimes you'll notice that the way I, you know, I believe in doing it because I'm not saying I'm right, but I just think that the accepting of, there is a place of coming out. But I've realized that people can say they come out and they did not receive Christ. It's just a bandwagon effect. That's why most times I believe that people should personally come to that point of conviction. You see, the coming out is only an identification. A public acknowledgement of Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can come out and not receive him as your Lord and Savior. You might do it because maybe you went for an event or a program. Huh? And maybe the preacher was very evangelistic. And you did not even know where you got to the altar. Haven't you seen people before saying the same prayer and they are laughing? And they are smiling. They want you. Does he want even know what he's saying? Most times they don't. That's why oftentimes I believe in explaining what it means, right? And you see, if you receive Christ in your room, it is not less potent than somebody that received him at the crusade ground. Am I making sense tonight? So when you give your life to Christ, let's say that day you were waiting, um, you were weighing 100 kg. If you give your life to Christ, that 100 kg will not become 50 kg. Because it's not your body that was reborn. It was your spirit. And your soul also does not get reborn. It is your spirit. And that's why when you give your life to Christ, the Bible tells us in Romans 12 and verse 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the reborning, as it were, of your spirit happens instantaneously. But the transformation of your soul is something that happens over time. It doesn't happen instantaneously. And that one, you are the one that, the same way you decided to be born again, you must decide to have your soul transformed by renewing it. By renewing it. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why is the Bible saying that you renew your mind? Because your mind is the critical part of your soul. Your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind, right? Where you think, the decisions you make. Your will, you know, and your emotions. If you don't renew your mind with God's word, your soul, right, will ne- you see, your spirit will be born again, but your soul will keep fighting and being contradiction to your spirit. That's why so many people, that's why, you know, the Apostle Paul says something like, you know, the things that I want to do or that I don't want to do, I find myself doing those things. That's the battle between the soul and the spirit. The spirit knows what is right. That's why when you give your life to Christ and you are genuinely saved, genuinely saved, because coming to church does not make someone born again. Just like if I sit down in a garage now for 20 years, it doesn't make me a car. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when you are genuinely saved, one of the things that will happen, right, is that when you do wrong, there is something that is activated in your spirit that tells you this thing is wrong. Am I making sense? Because you gave your life to Christ, you don't experience that. Now, what you now need to do is you need to begin to renew your mind because that battle... It's the one you feed the most. If you feed your flesh, your spirit is going to lose that battle. That's why some things are not necessarily seen, but it will affect your spiritual growth and maturity. So some songs, they may not be seen. It may not take you to hell. But on this earth, you will never enter into the fullness of God's plan and purpose for your life if you keep listening to those type of songs. Because it will consistently feed your flesh and make your flesh stronger than your spirit. And so the things that God wants to get, and see, everything God wants to get across to you, He will get it across to you through your spirit. And when your spirit receives it, it is your soul that interprets it. So if your soul is not on the same level with your spirit, it will discard it. It will discard it. That's why for many people, the reason why they've never experienced certain things, when we say, oh, it is a month of this, it is a month of that, God is going to do this in your life. Some people just hear it, their body receives it, but their soul, because it has not been renewed over time, their soul rejects it. No, it's how it happens. Am I making sense tonight? So we need to understand that. So when we give our lives to Christ, that's why oftentimes I'm praying in tongues also referred to as praying in the spirit. It's the language of your spirit. So for instance, the same way when you were giving birth to physically, right, there is a language of your body, depending on the environment in which you grew, right? So if you grow up maybe in a, uh, uh, even if you are a Yoruba boy and you grew up in Awusa land, right, in the north, you will speak Awusa fluently. And it is possible that you will never be able to speak any Yoruba if your parents don't speak to you in Yoruba. Because the environment, right? Because you are born in that environment, so your physical environment gives you a language. The same thing when you give your life to Christ, when you become, right, when, when you are born spiritually, there is a language of the Spirit. There is a language of the Spirit. There is a language of the Spirit. And that's why Jesus had to tell his disciples, he said, tarry, wait for the feeling of the Holy Spirit. He said, because there are many things that I want you to do. And if you don't receive this in feeling, you will never be able to get these things done. Praying in tongues and being filled with the Spirit, or better still, being filled with the Spirit, which manifests itself in praying in other tongues or speaking in tongues, right, is an advantage, a leverage for the believer. If you despise it, if you trivialize it, there are many things God will want to do in your life that will never become a reality. 
That will never become a reality. There are many things you can achieve in the sense realm. But until you move into the spirit realm, right, there are many things that God will want to do in your life, but you will not be able to get those things across to you because your spirit is so weak to comprehend it. And that's why the Bible says in Acts, no, um, Isaiah 28, Isaiah 28, let's open to it. Isaiah 28, Isaiah chapter 28. Here you see Isaiah prophesying, right? He didn't, have, he didn't know how to explain it because under the Old Testament, nobody ever spoke in tongues. But Isaiah had a glimpse of it. And so he was describing it. In Isaiah 28 verse 11. Isaiah 28 and verse 11. So Isaiah was speaking about it. He says, but with, for with stammering lips, right, and another tongue, will he, which the he was referring to here, God. So when you're praying in tongues, you are not just speaking to God, you are also making your spirit open, right? Sensitive for God to speak to you. The Bible says with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to his people. Remember, look at what is the choice of words. He didn't say he's speaking to his people. He says he will. So he was seeing it ahead. He didn't know how to explain it, but he says this is stammering lips. It's another tongue, right? He says God through it is going to speak to his people. It's going to speak to his people. That's why one of the things you'll notice when you pray a lot in tongues is that you hear from heaven a lot. You hear from heaven a lot. You hear from heaven a lot. And when I say hear from heaven, I'm not saying you wake up in the night and say, My son, my son, arise. That's not the hearing from heaven I'm saying. It simply means what Joel said. You begin to receive dreams, visions. You just know things. You just know. You see, there is a level you should get to in your spiritual growth. That you, you stop as it were every moment asking God, Father, what is your will? What is your will? The more you grow, the more you know what God's will is by default. You just know. Because the closer I am to someone, the more I know what that person likes. There are people that, you see, I have to ask them if I want to get them something, what do you like? Right? But there are people I will never ask. Because by virtue of relationship, closeness, and intimacy, I already know what they like. So I don't need to be asking them, what do you like? So when you are still asking, right, and saying, God, what do you think? What is your will? It is a reflection of your level of spiritual growth. And there is nothing wrong with it. But you need to come up higher. I hear what I'm saying. You need to grow. You need to grow. That's what it means. It simply means you have not grown to that point where you just know. The sign of spiritual growth and maturity is when you get to the level where you just know. You just know what to do per time. You might not be able to explain it, but you just know. Am I supposed to marry this person? You won't have to be going on 40 days dry fast. You just know. Is this guy the person I'm supposed to marry? Am I supposed to say yes to him? Am I supposed to ask her? You just know. What business, what job am I supposed to pick up? You just know. So you stop playing games with your life. Father, is he Alex? Is he Cassandra? Is he Alexandra? You know. <laughs> you stop playing games with your life. When there is no clarity, confusion will set in. I want to believe, I hope nobody does it in this house, but if you do that in this house, please stop it. All these visiting spiritual contractors, giving them names. Some people even have family pastors. Why did you see that in the Bible? You say, our, our family pastor, I want to. The prayer you are praying in church is not enough. You have a, fa- a family pastor. <laughs> you know, 
Imagine someone calling me now, their family pastor. It's a reduction. Family pastor. It's, it's, it, there's nothing to them. So, your calling is limited to, I know it's limited to one family. And oftentimes, those people, they will tell you what they want you to hear so that you can be bringing seed. See, don't put yourself in error. Everything you need is in the Bible. You need somebody to confuse you, to be confused. That's what the Bible says, that do not let anyone, you know, you know um, how did he put it now? It says, don't let anyone confuse you as it were, out of the simplicity that is in Christ. This is that simple. This is that simple. So you go to the person and say, ah, there are these guys asking me out, I don't even know, so I bring their names. Imagine if I'm collecting somebody's name here. All the ladies submitting him. He said, let me tell you what will happen. I will give you the wrong answer. Because at a point, the names will jam. So the person that gave me Dayo, Tayo, and <laughs> Shayo. Maybe somebody else. I just say, I know God said it is Dayo. And maybe <laughs> the name will mix up somewhere. There are things that, let me tell you this, God does not have grandchildren. He only has children. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What I just said now is very deep, if you know what I'm saying. God does not have what? Grandchildren. He wants to talk to you. He doesn't want to talk to you through a medium. He doesn't want to talk to you through a medium. He wants to speak to you personally. So all this idea of going through mediums, what is God's will? No, he wants you to know his will. And that's one of the things that happens when you pray in tongues, especially when you do it a lot. And that's why one of the instructions the Holy Spirit gave us for this month is that in our recalibrate prayer gathering, right, every midnight and midday we should give precedence, right, to praying a lot in tongues, a lot in tongues. And let me tell you this, if you take it seriously, you will realize what is going to happen this month. You will just, if you just get to a point, you will just see that you, you start knowing things. You start getting sensitive. You start becoming more discerning. You will not be able to explain it, but certain things will just become clear to you. You won't even have to pray about it. They will just come to you. They will just come to you. You know, I've told us that, I think it was last week that I said it, that if you do New Testament right, if you are practicing the New Testament, two things that should be prevalent, right, in your prayers is praying in tongues and declaration of faith. Go and check how Jesus prayed. The only time you see that Jesus was, he wasn't declaring as it were, was when he was in the garden of Gethsemane. And that was his flesh about to take over. He said, Father, if it be your will. Because he already knew the will. And at that point, immediately, the Bible says, not my will, but yours be done. God did not answer that prayer. He, because he himself already knew the answer. Am I making sense tonight? You see, when the Bible says that, let us make man in our own image, just like it says, and let them have dominion. The way some of us pray, you can never have dominion that way. How to have dominion is by declaring. How do kings have dominion? How do they establish their dominion? By making decrees. By making decrees. A king does not beg for things to happen. And the Bible says he has made us kings and priests and we shall reign with him. He has made us kings and priests and we shall reign. Another part of the Bible says that we shall, we shall reign on this earth. Reign over what and who? Not over other human beings. Reign over the circumstances of life. Reign over everything. Reign over demons. I've told us all this prayer against witches and all those things. It's beneath you. Stop it. Grow above that. When you study the Bible, how many times were witches and wizards mentioned? It simply means they are not that important. And some people build their whole work around it. The killing of witches. 
you know those witches and wizards? Don't you know they are human beings? God wants them to be saved. They only get destroyed when they refuse not to be saved. Am I making sense? You're going to be killing them. Imagine if some, the, the, the church, the first church, when Paul the apostle was destroying the church, imagine if they had prayed for God to kill him. There would be no book of Romans. There would be no first Corinthians, no second Corinthians, no first Thessalonians. No second. Many of the people you want to kill in your family, some of them are... No? Let me leave that. <laughs> Praise God. So praying in tongues is a supernatural ability to speak in a language that you never studied or that you never learned and that is unknown to you. Praying in tongues is the supernatural ability to speak in a language that you never studied, that you never learned, and that is unknown to you. <laughs> I remember when I was on campus, <laughs> and I still remember vividly, there were some guys, you know, I pastored them when we were in school. They recorded his tongues. So they now memorize his tongues. That's not tongues. Now, let me explain something to you. You know, and while I was in the greenhouse, you know, before I came inside, you know, the Holy Spirit, I, I was not even preparing for this, but the Holy Spirit just said, I don't know, maybe it's for somebody here, but I believe it is. Maybe someone watching online or in church right now. You know, in case you are doing that, maybe unconsciously, you have not received that in feeling. It just seems as if you have had some people, you know, there's something, you know, there are environmental effects, residues of things that you've had unconsciously somewhere. So you two, you are now repeating it. You see, the Bible tells us about the seven sons of Sceva. The Bible says that those guys, they have seen Paul. How he casted out demons. So the Bible says, one day, ah, what is he? This is not just, say, come out. So he said, let us also try it. They said, come out in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. So the demon responded. He said, Jesus we know. Paul we know. But who are you? The fact that you are saying what someone else is saying does not mean in the realm of the spirit we have the same effect. In fact, it can have a reverse effect. The things of the spirit are not to be copied. Am I making sense? That's why when you see someone doing something, they say, ah, what is it? You might even have the money. That does not mean God is telling you to do it. When God gives you an instruction, grace covers you, even when you fall into error while doing that thing. Because you were instructed to do it. You know that you were not instructed just say, what is it? I have the money, I can also do this. And you do it. Grace is not covering you. So the Bible says that these guys, the demons came out. They left the guy that they possessed and pounced on those guys. The Bible says they beat them such that they ran away naked. Because it's not just about saying what someone is saying. Where are those words coming from? Where are those words coming from? That's why I often tell people when you are praying in tongues, you are, what you are saying should be changing. If you are still saying the same thing you said five years ago, you are no longer speaking in tongues. It has become mechanical and environmental effects language. Because as it were, praying in tongues should be done in faith. It simply means even you yourself, you don't know the next words that are going to come out of your mouth. But some of us, you can even be looking around like a spiritual watchdog. And just, there is no, even you, you know there is no power. There is no, if you are truly praying in tongues, there is a power that is generated. Everything, even your being will feel it. But when it becomes just something mechanical and theoretical, you are just, nothing will be generated. Nothing will happen. You might as well just be saying, twinkle, twinkle, little star, I wonder what you are. 
So praying in tongues is a supernatural ability to speak a language that you never studied, that you never learned, and that is unknown to you. That is unknown to you. Right? So the fact that you don't understand something, let me say this, doesn't mean you should attack it. And that's why we're giving this, you know, um, explanation tonight. So you might not understand, you you see, everything that has to do with praying in the spirit and tongues. But some people, they are in the habit of the fact that because they don't understand something, they're just like, "Uh, it's not that important, it's not that important. Whatever you attack, you will never attract. Whatever you attack, you will never attract. Some people attack money, and that's why it never comes to them. Because money is a spirit. Wealth is a spirit. It's commanded by the spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I will just see someone comfortably, you know, living comfortably when we don't know what they are doing. You have attacked it. You will not attract it. Because you believe that they are doing something negative. And since you cannot do something negative, so it is not yours. And that's why it avoids you. So speaking in tongues is a mystery. Never forget that. And what is a mystery? A mystery is a retained knowledge. A retained knowledge. It is a divine secret. Right? Something that is shielded from many and revealed only to a few. That's why 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 14. The Bible says the natural man, right, he does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. It says because they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So the fact that the unsaved, you see, when the Bible says the natural man, many of these things we are going to talk about in this month, right? The fact that the Bible says the natural man, because the question is, are we not all natural? <laughs> the natural man is talking about here is the unsaved man. The unsaved man. When you are praying in tongues, it looks like foolishness to the unsaved person. What was what, what all this? All this woro woro. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to them. Because the Bible says that it cannot know them because these things they are spiritually discerned. And that's why they sound like foolishness. That's why they sound like foolishness. But never forget, praying in tongues is a mystery. A mystery. A mystery. And earlier I mentioned that there are different types of tongues. So let me show us what I mean by that. Number one, there are three types of tongues. Number one is the tongues of men. The tongues of men. Write it down. Never forget it. You know, recently I, I had that, I don't know who, but I had that one of these, you know, um, internet social media ninjas that they were attacking praying in tongues again. You know, they've left tights. It's now tongues. You know, they said that the tongues that uh, many people are speaking now is not original. That it is original that in Acts, when people spoke in tongues, right, um, they knew what they were saying. That the people around understood what they were saying. You see, and when people talk like that, you know, they pretend to know the word of God, but they really don't. Because there are three types of tongues. Number one is the tongues of men. The tongues of men. And you see, the truth is, even the people that were speaking in tongues of men, the apostles, in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says that when the Holy Ghost came, maybe we should see Acts chapter 2, I think verse 7. Acts chapter 2, verse 7. I believe it should be verse 7. All right. The Bible says that when, you see, um, what happened there, we should know the story. The Holy Ghost came upon them as a mighty rushing wind, and the Bible says they all began to speak in tongues. And the Bible says that the people around were all amazed and they marveled, saying one to another, Behold! And not all this which speak Galileans, verse 8, and here we every man in our tongue, wherein we were born. Now, look at that. The mere fact that the Bible says that everyone that was present there had what they were saying in their own language was supernatural. So it simply means if a Shekiri man was there and a Jebu man, 
an Arab, they were hearing their own language. Do you understand? So someone will say, ah, is my language you speaking? He said, no, it's my own language that is speaking. So they were hearing. So what they were they saying that they were speaking? The Bible says that we hear every man in our own tongue. So there, when they were speaking in tongues, they were speaking the tongues of men. But they were not the ones that decided that we want to speak tongues of men. The Bible says they spoke as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. So these things are not things you decide. That's what I always tell people. You say, if I listen to someone pray for so long that you are speaking in tongues, I will tell you you are not growing. I can tell you affirmatively because you should, what should be changing. Because the Holy Ghost, you can't tell me that the only thing the Holy Ghost is saying through you in the past two, three, four, five years is the same thing. Ah, uh-uh. ah. No, 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 no. It simply means you have become so disconnected from that experience that you are doing it mindlessly. Am I making sense? It shouldn't be done mindlessly. Your spirit should be involved. Your soul should be involved. Even your body should be involved. People will be praying in tongues and you'll be present doing WhatsApp, doing so many things. I'll just be wondering. Just face what you are doing and leave that. So here the Bible says that we are amazed and the marvel because the Bible says that these guys were Galileans but they were speaking in our own tongue. In our own tongue. So the first tongues, right, is the tongues of men which was what the disciples did and the apostles, Peter, you know, and the other guys. But you see, this was the only time that the Bible made us to understand that they spoke in tongues of men. The second type of tongues is the tongues of angels. The tongues of angels. The tongues of angels. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1. If you are here with your printed Bible, I think you should be marking these things in your Bible. Right? 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1. Or maybe when you download the message and you listen to it again as a form of study, you just mark it. Right? 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 1. Because... Um, I, I just believe there might be a day you just come across someone that will just, you know, challenge you in these things, right? You should be able to give a response. You should be able to give a response, right? First Corinthians 13 and verse 1. The Bible says, though I speak with what? The tongues of what? So you can see it here. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of what? So he's talking about two tongues here. The tongues of men and the tongues of angels. It says, and have not charity, that is love. It says, I'm a sounding brass, right, or tinkling cymbal, right? So you see here, it's talking about two tongues. And if you think this is the only time it was mentioned, because one of the things you need to understand about scriptures is that you can't take one scripture out of context and interpret it and say, this is what the Anything that's supposed to be a doctrine must be mentioned minimum of twice in scriptures. So let's go to Psalms. Psalms. Psalms chapter 103 and verse 20. Psalms 1, verse 25. The Bible says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, and do his commandments, hearkening what? Unto the voice of his word. So when you give commandments to angels, let me tell you, most times it's not even in your understanding. So the voice they are responding to is their language that you are speaking, that the only God is speaking through you that you don't even know. You understand what I'm saying? These things are simple. You only need someone to confuse you. You know, some people believe that if you are a strong teacher, you must be able to confuse people. You share the Rema Rema. I've seen people that share Rema Rema. They themselves, they've entered so deep, they didn't know how to come out. They now became confused. <laughs> a true teacher makes complex things simple. It's simple. He says, his angels excel in strength and they do his commandment. How do you command them? If I say, angels, 
They are God's will. Because sometimes you don't even know what you yourself, what you need. But when you pray in the Holy Ghost, because let me tell you, every believer has angels. That's why Jesus, you see, when they wanted to arrest him, he told this guy, he said, I don't, let them do what they want to do. He said, because I'm able to command angels. I'm able to command them, legions of them. You see, Jesus wasn't just saying that because he was the son of God. He was saying that because he was also the son of man. He was also the son of man. One of the things that begins to happen in your life when you pray in tongues is that you begin to experience angelic, <coughs> angelic interventions. Angelic interventions. I remember, I think it was 2018, right at the Southwest Believers Convention, Dr. Jerry Savelle was sharing a, you know, an experience he had. You know, he had finished ministry in a particular town and he was going to the next city. And he wasn't aware and he ran out of you know, fuel in the night. And he just started praying in tongues. So he got to this particular, you know, fuel station and, you know, which was supposed to be closed. And the person just came out and said, oh, you need fuel and everything. Filled up his gas, um, his car, you know, we call it gas in the U.S., right? Filled up his car and, you know, he drove off and he said, oh, thank you so much. So he said there was another, let me, like two months later, he was passing through that route. And he decided to stop over to say thank you to that person. And when he got there, the place was shut down. So he asked the people around that there is someone you know that works here that attended to me. Everybody said, what, were you talk- what are you talking about? He said, somebody attended to me here two months ago. He said, that place has been shut down for 10 years. He said, that place doesn't function. It's not functional. It was an angel that ministered to him. Where did he get the fuel? Because the place has been shut down for 10 years. There can be no fuel there. So how could he have prayed that? That God sent angel that will sell fuel for me. The only thing your mind could have comprehended is that maybe somebody will be driving past. And that's, you see, so when you pray in tongues, you see, leave, just know the what, leave the how to God. And that's what happens when you pray a lot in tongues. Angelic interventions and, inter, you see, it will just begin to happen in your life. So the second type of tongue is tongues of angels. Tongues of angels. And when you pray in tongues, it activates angels. Right? It brings about angelic activities and interventions into the atmosphere. Number three is unknown tongues. Unknown tongues. Unknown tongues. First Corinthians 14 and verse 2. First Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2. First Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2. The Bible says, but he that speaks in what? So you can see another tongue mentioned here. Firstly, he told us the tongue of men. Secondly, the tongue of angels. Now we're saying an unknown tongue. What he's trying to tell us is this is not tongue of angels. This is not the tongues of men because it would have mentioned it. He did not say tongues of men or tongues of angels or unknown tongue. So here he's saying that he that speaks in an unknown tongue. The Bible says it's not speaking unto men, but he's speaking what? Unto God. Because no man understands him. Albeit in the spirit is what? Speaking mysteries. That's why I told us earlier that when you pray in tongues, it's a mysterious thing. And mystery simply means hidden secrets. Something that is coded. You yourself might not understand what you're saying. And that's why you must ensure that every time you open your mouth, it's the spirit that is speaking through you. You are not just saying mechanical things that have no effect. Am I making sense tonight? Right. So why should we pray in tongues? Why should we pray in tongues? Why? 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 Why should we pray in tongues? Why should we do it? 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 18. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 18. Because when the purpose and the value of a thing is not known, that thing will be abused and despised. 
that thing will be abused and despised. So you see Apostle Paul saying here in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 18. He says, I thank my God. I speak what? With tongues more than you all. Doesn't this sound like a, a proud man? You know, if I come to church now, I say, I thank my God. I pray more than all. All of you will look at, oh, what's wrong with you? We know you are pastor. Apostle Paul was saying, why was he saying that? Because there, and there was no other apostle that was able to say this. And that simply tells us, you see, when someone says, I pray in tongues more than you all, it simply means that was one of his secrets. It was only Apostle Paul that said that he was caught up into heaven and certain things were shown to him that he was not at liberty to share with man. There were things God showed Apostle Paul and told him that he did not allow him to write down. There were things God showed John the Beloved in the book of Revelations. We saw it because he wrote it. God even told him what to say right. So it simply means there were deeper things. One of the reasons why that happened was what he just told us. In 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 18. I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you are. So where was Peter? Where was James? Where was John? Where was all those guys? They were also praying in tongues. Because the Bible tells us in Acts 2 that they prayed in tongues when the Holy Ghost came. But it simply means Apostle Paul gave himself more to it. He gave himself more to it. He gave, and you say, if it were not important, Apostle Paul wouldn't have done that. He wouldn't have done that. It simply means he could give. Because how would you say you pray in tongues more than you are? It simply means he knew for how long they were praying in tongues. That's why a good prayer life is not something that is hidden. If you have a prayer life, the people around you will know. They say, I know, I do, I do. nobody knows when I'm praying. You don't pray. If you pray, we will know. They say, I know, I don't want anybody to know. It's between, it's between me and God. Uh, <laughs> it's between me and God. Even Jesus, when he was praying, the Bible told us, so you can see it in the Bible, his prayers were documented. It simply means his disciples had him when he was praying. It's not like Jesus said, I want to pray, write it down. Uh, no. It means they had him. They knew when he was praying. You, we don't know where you are praying. It's because you don't pray. And because it is a hazard. You know, some, how many of us know that there are times you just wake up some money and there is just passion to pray? Ah, three hours, four hours, you are still going. But it will not always happen like that. If you are depending on inspiration, you will never have a prayer life. First Corinthians 14 and verse 15. First Corinthians 15 and verse 15. You need to see this. 1 Corinthians 15 and um, 14 and verse 15. 1 Corinthians, and, and you need to understand that Jesus, right, he told the disciples, one of the things that happened before the disciples received the Holy Ghost was that they had already received Jesus as Lord and Savior. When did they do that? Because I'm like, but they didn't say the sinner's prayers. They did. You can see, let me tell you this. Accepting, that's why he told us that accepting Jesus is not about coming to the altar and crying. The Bible says, tells us how to be saved. It says you must believe in your heart and you must confess it with your mouth. I think it was John chapter 6 when Jesus preached the message and people left him. He just said, why are you guys not leaving? Peter said, where else shall we go? Only you have the word of life. Only you. At that point, he acknowledged him as the son of God. They confessed him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They confessed him. And that was why they could receive the Holy Ghost. Every one of them. So anybody praying in, you know, because there are lots of people today that are not even saved, they are not born again, that they do it as a joke. They have had messages, they have had pastors free. It is not tongues. It's my son. It might even be the exact thing a pastor is saying that he has said over time. But in the realm of the spirit, that thing is not recognized. Because it's not about the word. It's about where it is coming from. Am I making sense? It's about where it is coming from. It's just like, you know, you can learn a language, but if it is not your native language, the people that you are speaking into, they will know 
that no, your accent, they will just tell you, no, you have a funny accent. The way we are speaking English now, you think you know how to speak English. When you get to a real English speaking country, you get to the UK, you will know your English has a funny accent. In the same way, in the realm of the spirit, if you are not saying that you are just memorizing, in the realm of you have a strange accent. That is not real. They just don't know, no, this is not real. So the thing that must be certified first, right, is you have to be saved and the spirit fills you up. Am I making sense tonight? So in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 15, the Bible says, what is it then? I will pray with my spirit, but I will do what? Pray with what? My understanding what? Also. We understand English, right? Also simply means addition. Apostle Paul is saying, I will pray with my spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. So it simply means under the New Testament, just like I mentioned last week and I've mentioned today, praying in the spirit should be the priority before you pray in your understanding. Am I making sense? It's the Bible. You only need somebody to confuse you. He says, and I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. So the understanding can be in English, it can be in your native language, should be the addition. And how do you know how to pray the right words in your understanding? When you have prayed long enough in the spirit, the Holy Spirit will give you the right words to speak. That's why I never sit down to prepare a message until I've prayed in the spirit. Never. No matter how much I'm pressed with time, even if it's one hour I have left, everything, I've never sat down before and said, ah, what's the library? Okay, I read one book, I read the book, let me, never. Because I know how these things work. And with all humility, that's why the messages of the gateway have so much impact. Because it comes from the Spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If I read a book and tell you what I read in the book, you will not know, but I will know. And the results will show. And the same way, as a business person, as a career person, let everything you do, let it come from the spirit. You want to go to a you want to go for an interview, you want to go for, you know, presentation of the proposal as a business person, pray in tongues first. Let everything you are going to do, let it be influenced by the spirit. So you pray first in your spirit, and you pray in your understanding. And the one a lot of people don't do, Apostle Paul said, I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Pray in tongues. Why do we pray in tongues? Number one, it subdues the flesh. It subdues the flesh. It subdues the flesh. In John 14 and verse 17, John chapter 14 and verse 17, the Bible says, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him. It says, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and it shall be in you. The spirit of truth he was talking about here is the Holy Spirit. And how do you activate the Holy Spirit on your inside? Right? You do that by praying in the Holy Ghost. By praying in tongues. By praying in tongues. And just like I already explained earlier. When you do that a lot. Your spirit becomes stronger. And your flesh becomes weaker. The flesh is not necessarily talking about your body. It's talking about every desire that is not in alignment with God's plan. Do you understand what I'm saying? So sometimes, I just know, when you do, you say, there are things that, I know that you don't need to tell some people, there are some people that need to be told, don't do this. But there are some people that, when they get to a level, you don't need to tell them anymore, don't dress like this, don't talk like this, don't do, just ensure they are praying a lot in the spirit. 
and they have a good prayer life. By themselves, the Holy Spirit will take those things out. If they are doing what they are supposed to be doing, you see, there are just some desires that will just begin to leave you. You will not have what the Bible says you will if you get to a point, you will not need another man to teach you. You will just know because the Holy Spirit, the teacher, is on your inside. So something tells me, right, if that is that if you have been saved for a while and the same practice, the same lifestyle is still prevalent in your life after years, you have not been praying. You have not been praying. I hear what I'm saying. You have not been praying. You have not been praying. If you are wearing revealing clothes before you were saved and 10 years after being saved, you still feel comfortable revealing your body parts, you, have, you don't have a prayer life. That's what it means. Somebody hear what I'm saying? That's what it means. If you used to swing do people and you were a technical and expert liar. You know, some people lie. They're even excited when they lie. Like, I just lied. Before you were saved, you could do that confidently. Five years after salvation, you are still doing that excitedly. You don't have a prayer life. It doesn't mean you are not saved. It simply means your, your flesh is still stronger than your spirit. That's what it means. That's what it means. Let me tell you, study these things. Go and look at the people that do those things and they are saved. You know this person is saved. They come to church. But when you see them at parties, you'll be wondering, ah, is this not sister so, so, so that we're in church together? Go and check it. They don't have a prayer life. They don't. I hear what I, they don't because there's a level you get to when you pray a lot, especially in the spirit, the desires of the flesh just dies because the Holy Spirit is on your inside. So as you pray a lot in the Holy Ghost, you activate Him, you make Him stronger, and the things that will please the flesh just dies. You will not even know. You will just wake up one day and you'll be wondering, ah, ah. hey, I'm not doing this thing again. Wow, that's amazing. There were things like people told me years ago, you will not do this again. I said, never. I even used to say that no matter how spiritual I am, I will be listening to certain things. I used to say it. I didn't know I was foolish. And nobody told me. It just got to a point. Ah, is it a why I had these things? I remember during the lockdown, you know, I just remembered, you know, this guy, 50 cents. You know, I remember when I was in um, P degree then, one of my favorite albums was his Get Rich and Die Trying. And thank God for iTunes. So I went to Apple Music and I downloaded the album. I could not make it past track three. I was just like, what's all this cutter cutter? I just deleted the whole album. Then for years, I used to say, I know my own spirituality does not know me. I'm too contemporary Christian. Was no. You know, like some people say, that is the fact that you are saved does not mean you should not do the traditions of your family. So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, it subdues the flesh. It subdues the flesh. It subdues the flesh. Number two, when you pray in tongues, it helps you pray in line with God's perfect will for your life. It helps you to pray in line with God's perfect will for your life. Some of these things I already explained it just for the purpose of your notes and for clarity. That's why I'm mentioning it in a way that's a bit understandable. Right? It helps you pray in line with God's perfect will for your life. Romans 8 and verse 26. Romans 8 and verse 26. Let's have it on the screen. Romans 8 verse 26 to 27. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 to 27. Right? Let's read together. Let's read together. Let's read together. One to go. Likewise, the Spirit also helps what? Our infirmities. That is our weaknesses. It says for what? We know not what we shall pray for as we ought. Now, hold on. The Bible is saying we don't know what to pray for. It says, even when we now know, we don't know how we are supposed to pray for those things. So, 
you need maybe you, you need a financial breakthrough. You know you should pray for financial breakthrough, but how do you pray for financial breakthrough? God, send me money, send me money, send me money. Yeah, you can do that when you are just growing up in the faith. So he said, we don't know what to pray for as we are supposed to. He says, but the spirit, that's error of translation. It is not itself because it's a person. The spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27. He says, I need a such as the heart knows what is in the mind of the spirit. You can see spirit here is capital S. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, because he makes intercessions for the saints according to what? The will of God. So as a single, who should you marry? Like, God, I don't want to make mistakes. Oh, I don't want to. Those kind of prayer will make you make mistakes. Because it's prayer born out of fear. When you just pray a lot in tongues, you will just know. When someone is about to deceive you, you will just know. Is it that you lose your peace? Or God will just show you something? You will just know. So when you pray in the spirit, you pray in the perfect will of God for your life. Because you don't know the things you are supposed to pray about, exactly how you are supposed to pray about it. But when that, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, right, will pray through you to pray in line with God's perfect will. And last but not the least for today, we'll continue next week Wednesday. I thought I'll be able to finish it, right? It stimulates your faith. It stimulates your faith. When you're praying tongues, it stimulates your faith. Jude 20. Everybody in the gateway should know this by now, especially if you join Recalibrate. So can you code it, Jude 20? Alright, one, two, go. Building up what? Yourself on your most holy faith. How do you do that? It says by praying in the Holy Ghost. By praying in the Holy Ghost. Just like I said, praying in the Spirit is an act of faith. You should not be able to predict the next thing that comes out of your mouth. And one of the things that happens when you pray, I don't know if this has happened to you before, or maybe you want to get something done, right? Or maybe you don't know how to do it, or maybe you want to go somewhere, or maybe you want to, you know, defend the proposal or something. You notice that when you pray a lot in tongues, afterwards, there's just this confidence. There's this feeling of, I can do anything. I hear what I'm saying. So that's why you see, let me tell you this timidity. Some people say I'm shy. It's a demonic oppression. You are not shy. Am I making sense? I've told us I used to be a very shy person. It is not right. If you are a shy person, you will lose a lot of things in life. The people you should talk to, you know that I'm shy, I'm shy. The person you should introduce yourself to, tell, oh, this is what I think. I'm shy. I don't want them to feel as if you are, you are cutting yourself short. How do you overcome that? Pray a lot in tongues. Pray a lot in tongues. You are dealing with low self-esteem. Pray a lot in tongues. I say, the funny thing is, people who have low self-esteem, they don't admit they have low self-esteem. They say, no, I don't have it. You may have it, so be praying in tongues. Building up yourself. What does it mean to build up? You see, the word there, you say, to edify. It says, God, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. It says, praying in the Holy Ghost. It simply means you are charging up yourself like a battery. Building up yourself like a structure. Like a structure. So one of the things that happens when you pray a lot in tongues is that it stimulates your faith. It stimulates your faith. It infuses you with a can do and I can dare anything, you know, um, spirit. So please understand this. Speaking in tongues helps you trust God for other things. For everything in your life. The same way you have to trust him to speak in tongues. When you pray a lot in tongues, it stimulates your faith to trust him for things. Probably there is a goal, there is something you want to achieve. And you keep looking at that thing and you're saying, ah, how am I ever going to get this done? Pray a lot in tongues. 
pray lots in tongues. When you notice that your faith level is going down as regards the goal you have set, look at that thing and just start praying in tongues. If something will rise up in your spirit that I can do this thing, I can do this thing. That's where you say many years ago, that's where that statement I always say that's where it comes from. That is either it happens or it happens. I don't believe that. If I want to do something, I don't believe that it's either it happens or it doesn't. Uh uh-uh. uh. The moment I know God wants me to do something, it's either it works or it works. I don't believe in alternatives. So you look at it because you are a pastor. It's not because I'm a pastor. There are many pastors that have plan B, plan C, plan D, E, F. So it's not about being a pastor. It's about knowing how to activate these things. It's either it works or it works. And it has always worked. Except whenever I just say that, you know, there are times that you just have certain desires and later, maybe after maturing and grateful, I just I don't need this thing. I'm not interested. But that I know that God wants me to do that and this thing is part of my destiny. Is it that it happens or it happens? When I notice my faith level going down in that thing, I just start praying in tongues. I just start praying in tongues. Can somebody do that tonight? If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, open up your mouth and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost tonight. Open up your mouth and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost tonight. If you've never done it before, it can happen tonight. Release your spirit. Release yourself. Let the Spirit of God pray through you. Expect new words to proceed from your mouth. The Bible says they spoke as the Holy Ghost gave them utterance. The Holy Spirit will give you the words. It is your own responsibility to speak them out. They don't have to make sense to you. Just say them. Just say those words. Just say those words. Leki gade medeniki egeli ikayeni kaba reshini ande iraba crossle manananti kikako jigo gabo mekavoli kitizini brinende nani leninda karia gada le brinende kenene ndikiki ili mandi akiaga gege 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 in case somebody is hearing me right now on site online you want to be a part of this but you are not saved right there where you are you can accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior just believe in your heart that he came and he died for your sins and confess him with your mouth receive him as your Lord and Savior by confessing him and just say Jesus today I receive you into my heart be Lord and Savior over my life fill me with your spirit make me a brand new creator as simple as that sounds if you do that with the integrity of your heart you will be saved and the spirit will be poured out Yeah, <laughs> 
Le 